everyone smiling faces this morning and fellowshipping with one another. I don't know if it's on or not. He's getting it? Okay. Uh, if you're a visitor, you will find a connect card in the hymnal rack in front of you. If you'd be so kind as to fill that out, we would appreciate it. We'd like to send you a note of thanks for visiting with us. And the giving, of course, is as usual, cypressstreet.church slash give. If you go online, we have the little box in the rear of the sanctuary that you may put your change, cash, or check, whichever you prefer. And if you are a visitor, when you fill out that card, you can put it in the same box there. Also, I wanted to be sure and tell everyone, remind everyone that Wednesday evening there will be no services here. We're going to be with our Thanksgiving families. And of course, the office here Thursday will be closed as well, so Priscilla and Lair can be together with their family. And also, I wanted to mention that we have 12 youth that are at a convention this morning, so I think that deserves a clap. <laughs> That's a wonderful, wonderful start for us. And also, a reminder in regards to the Orphan Christmas Project that will be closing on November the 30th. So if you wanted to contribute to that, please do so before then so that we can, some of us have given cash and that will be given to, to Brother Carvin and then others have contributed through the church where it will be included in their tithe at the end of the year. And Patrice will uh, cut a check in regards to that so that partners and missions may have that for the children. Also, uh, the trio this morning will be in place of our morning prayer. And I want you to know, <laughs> Satan has been working overtime. He does not want us to sing this song. We've had it on agenda a couple times due to sinuses or whatever problems. We had to go ahead and remove it from our schedule. But with God's help this morning, we're gonna defeat that devil. And we're gonna do the very best we can so that you'll be able to hear the beautiful words in this song. And I might suggest that just to close your eyes, empty your mind of all thoughts of the world problems, family problems. You may even be feeling pain this morning. Just let it drift on up to the top of your head and go on out and allow the Holy Spirit to come in. Listen to the words of this song because it tells us what the Holy Spirit brings to us, where the Spirit of the Lord is. It says, oh, it's on. It says it's red, but it's on, okay. Gentle breeze. 
before we sing, I will sing of my Redeemer. Won't you join us in standing? I would like to read a scripture. This is, in him we have redemption through his blood, the forgiveness of sins, in accordance with the riches of God's grace. I will sing of my Redeemer. next beautiful chorus. Great are you, Lord. Bye. 
again. I'm telling you. Whoa. Lower me down way because I'm going to get loud. I'm going to get going here when I get emotional. Uh, but anyway, it's great to be back. I'm sorry. It's like I haven't missed three weeks in forever. I planned on maybe two Sundays, but not three. I want to publicly thank Carvin for stepping up and helping me out. 
and helping the church out and his love for the kingdom and all that after a trip. And uh, it's good to see you here, Sandy. And it's good to see my buddy Steve North here uh, visiting. Got his family in from Kansas City, Missouri. Get that straight. So that's great. And we have the youth. And Barbara, who all's there? Why don't you tell us? One more. Hannah and Ruben. Hannah, Hannah, oh, Hannah and Ruben. And then we've got nine youth. Wow, that's great. In case you didn't know, they've not done this before, but they had the youth convention here in town. And instead of going to convention center, uh, they had it at uh, the gathering. And then today they finish up over at uh, North Crossings Church um, this morning. So actually, when we get done, I might be trying to smoke over there and see a lot of the folks um, and, and, and try to see them real quick. So that's exciting. And Larry, it's always good, man. Larry's here. That's great, man. I heard he was, came while I was gone, so wow. That's good. And we put him to work already. <laughs> We're, if you see there's no GoPro, I will not be live or taped today, uh, so that's dangerous, but anyway, <laughs> uh, yes, uh, so free from that, so that's good. I also wanted to let you know, um, next, uh, of course, Wednesday night, there isn't, as you mentioned, uh, you know, be with your families, but next Sunday we'll have communion, and we're going to kick off the Advent, we're going to kick off the Christmas messages, four of those as we lead up to Christmas, so you can kind of be planning for that. And uh, then, of course, Wednesday night activities. And then Thursday night, which is actually hard to believe December's here, y'all. Thursday night, week from Thanksgiving, uh, at Christ Church, one of our organizations that you've been very faithful at sponsoring, and obviously our family's been uh, involved with forever, is Mercy. And Mercy uh, Multiplied will have a uh, night of worship at, uh, over there at Christ Church. And you're a sponsor, along with North Crossings Church, uh, of the event. And so we have some tickets, uh, and it's $10 a person. But if you want to come, we've got like five comped because we're sponsoring it. But that's a night of worship, and it starts like 6.30, I think, or maybe 6. It's a little early, actually, on Thursday night. So I guess you'd have to go from work, get you a quick burger or something, and run over there. But it's not, there are some songs that's like a concert, but Dana was telling me it's a time the congregational singing too. So an evening of worship, and of course, uh, opportunity to give at the end. But, you know, it'll talk about testimonies. Uh, you'll hear testimonies of folks that's been through the counseling center here and changed their life. So that's always positive. So that'll be coming up uh, as well. And then, of course, Christmas this uh, year, it happens ever so often, I guess every seven years, is on Sunday morning. And we'll have a, a communion that day, obviously, as well. We're not going to do communion uh, Christmas Eve, Saturday night, but that morning we are going to have worship service here, communion, and uh, the praise team is going to have a lot of specials, and I rebuke the flu and the sinuses and everything else, and and because that was good. That was good, right? And so maybe if you have a special, and you know, I don't know about you, but I miss all the carols, especially the carols that really bring Christ out, 
you know, Silent Night, Oh Come All You Faithful. I don't know, I miss those. And I loved it. In Kansas, we would uh, go caroling, you know, as a youth and, and go on a hayride and do all kinds of freezing things. It was, uh, it was always fun. So a lot of exciting things. Man, I could talk forever. Let's get going here. I do want to have a prayer. There's several on your prayer list uh, that I do want to have a prayer. And I do appreciate uh, those that, that uh, are aware and keep, keep up. And I really appreciate getting the text uh, as well. You guys got an update on Lonnie and you're aware of that. And several have been in the hospital and God's touched them and they're doing well. Uh, and some are here today and that's amazing. Um, and also uh, Brother Lowry's brother got to go home from the hospital and I went over and had prayer with him. So anyway, there's a lot of positives, but there's a lot of needs. And I just want us to zero in on the Lord and uh, let's cast our cares to Him, okay? Would you do that with me? Fathers, we bow our heads in your sanctuary. As has already been said, we come with a lot of things. There might be pain here this morning. Lord, there's some miracles here this morning. Uh, Father, there's a lot of struggles that are here this morning. But we cast all that aside to zero in on you. We do have a heart for those who are lost around the world. And God, this day, this holy day, this Christmas season coming up, this time of thanksgiving, oh God, would you pour your spirit out upon the world, upon our neighborhood, upon our home, speak to our families, speak to our missionaries, speak to our pastors, and God, may the spirit of conviction and of love fall upon many people. And may they come to a full personal relationship, knowledge, salvation experience with you. That's the greatest healing. So God, we need that healing in this nation. Oh my goodness, it's so obvious. We need that healing in our city. We need that healing around the world. And God, we need physical touch. And you tell us, Jesus, by your stripes we're healed. And man, that, that's a cost. Father, I've experienced your healing touch in the last few weeks. And I praise your holy name for that. All, I acknowledge all healing comes from you. So God, would you send your healing power out to all those on our prayer list, those who we love, those who are confidential and we're praying for, those going through chemo, those going through tough procedures ahead, Lord, just be with them. Father, for those who get old, it's not for the weak. <laughs> and Father, I pray your spirit would be especially close to those who go through that process. Now, Lord, in this message, uh, I pray, Father, you'd have your will in your way. May it encourage us and challenge us today. And Lord God, may we really be willing to listen to something that Maybe isn't our cup of tea. It isn't what we naturally do. But God, may we hear your spirit and test it and see if it's not true. We give you permission again to speak to us, God. What an honor to be in your presence. And all God's people said. How many of you would be okay or feel blessed this Christmas season if you got a million dollars? Anybody? Not, no? A couple, three of you? The kids? You could buy maybe a Xbox with that? Maybe one? Anyway, 
Yeah, sure you would. Well, there was this, back in the 90s, there was this guy that it actually happened to. His name was William Irvin. He was a Midwesterner, Gulf War veteran, just worked as a security guard for $12,000 a year. And uh, he was stressed over his financial at $12,000 a year. You'd have to be stressed. He was really stressed over his condition and all that. He wasn't really a religious guy or that involved in church and all that. But even though that wasn't the case, things got so bad and the creditors got so bad, he just got on his knees and he cried out to God, Oh God, fix this mess. I need a miracle. A week later, he got a check from the U.S. government for $896,100. Now to William, that was an answer from God. <laughs> You know where this is going. Well, the U.S. government didn't think so because they were supposed to send him $186.91, his pension from serving in Vietnam, and it got messed up, left the one off there, flipped it down, and put the 896 100 so it was 896 He cashed the check, and the bank cashed it. How many of you know the bank will cash a check from the U.S. government? <laughs> He cashed it, and you know, on a positive note, he paid off his debts. Now, that was positive, and that's where it ends. He uh, blew the rest of the money. Uh, he bought a bunch of nice toys for himself and blew it all, so he's back in the same boat. How many of you know that some folks you just can't help? They got there honestly. You know what I'm saying? You know what I mean? Okay. Um, and so when the government found out, of course, they charged him with a crime. Well, he went before the judge and he's under the oath and everything. And he said, I want to tell you, Your Honor, let me tell you what happened. And I prayed on my knees and it's an answer to prayer. And the judge said, no, it's not an answer to prayer. <laughs> Plus, in a nice way, your lifestyle doesn't match what all else. You know what I'm saying? Now, this is a human judge, but I thought it actually was pretty impressive. You know, so he, he actually, because he couldn't pay it back and blew it all, he uh, got charged with fraud, money laundering, and got a lot of free meals and free nights for a long period of time. Uh, so it cost the government even more money. <laughs> so if this morning, if God could give you something you really need, what would it be? I shared Wednesday night about are you thankful? What are you thankful for? And really we talked a lot about mercy and God's mercy and many of the other gifts. And then we ended with one of the greatest things to always be thankful for is Butch, your name is written in the Lamb's Book of Life. <laughs> you give me anything worth more than that. Now look, I think a million dollars is a lot of money. It used to be a whole lot of money. I mean, it isn't today, you know. And there'll come a day where it'll be probably what a hamburger is. You know, I mean, at the rate inflation's going, you know, it's crazy. My point is, think about it. There's nothing in this that I can think that's more exciting to be thankful for that because of all of what God's done and you responding to the Spirit of God, your name is written in the Lamb's Book of Life. Amen. Did you know God knows your name? Way before you're born, Brother Coates. In fact, he had you figured out before, not only before you're born, before your mom and dad even thought about it, everything else, got everything planned out from the beginning of time. And he even knows who's going to have grandkids, great-great-grandkids. He's got it all planned out in the future. It's awesome. 
God's amazing. So if God gave you what you needed, let's say he really gave it to you, would you be like William or would you do something with it? You know, he did a little thing with it. He paid off a few of his debts, but he didn't really do all the other stuff with it. So today I titled this message, Let's Visit the Mountain. Visit, not live there, visit the mountain. Okay? I'm a flatlander and I love the mountains. So all my days when I was, you know, born in Louisiana and I lived here in the swamps and the you know, the biggest mountain we got is Driscoll, and you don't even know you're on it because it's got pine trees around it. I've hiked it up there. And then I moved to Kansas, and it's flat, you know, pretty flat. We love to go to Colorado, backpacked it, love the mountains. So one of my favorite scriptures in Psalms is Psalm 72.3. It says, the mountains shall bring peace to the people. I just love that. I think mountains do. And in Luke 22:39, these aren't on your outline. I'm just going to share something. Jesus goes to pray. He says, Jesus went out, get this, as usual to the Mount of Olives. And I've been to the Mount of Olives. And it's really pretty steep as you look down over Jerusalem. And his disciples followed him. But get this, all three Gospels. Matthew 14, 23. After Jesus dismissed the crowd, he went into the mountainside by himself to pray. When evening came, he was there alone. Mark 6, 46. After leaving them, he went to the mountainside to pray. Luke 6, 12. One of those days, Jesus went out to the mountainside to pray. He spent the entire night praying to God. I'm going to ask you again. What would you do if God gave you what you really wanted? What would you do if God showed up in an amazing way in your life? I want to share for the fifth message on Peter. I can't really go much further because we'll be into Easter. So I might save them around Easter time. So we're going to change to Christmas next week. But this is the fifth message on Peter of becoming a man of God, becoming a person of God. And today our scripture is going to be on your outline there, Luke chapter 9, verses 28 through 36. I'll be reading out of the NLT. About eight days later, Jesus took Peter, James, and John, that's kind of his inner circle group, to a mountain to pray. And as he was praying, the appearance of his face changed and his clothing became dazzling white. Then two men, Moses and Elijah, appeared and began talking with Jesus. They were glorious to see. And they were speaking of how he was about to fulfill God's plan by dying in Jerusalem. Peter and the others were very drowsy and had fallen asleep. They, they have narcolepsy issues. I don't know if you've noticed that, but the disciples... You're going to find out a little later. They fall asleep when they shouldn't be falling asleep, okay? They need some no-dos, okay? They, they fell asleep. Then all of a sudden, now they woke up and saw Jesus' glory and the two men standing with him as Moses and Elijah were starting to leave. So they pretty much about missed it. Peter, not even knowing what he was saying, blurted out, Master, this is wonderful. We will make three shrines, one for you, one for Moses, and one for Elijah. But even as he was saying this, a cloud came over them, and terror gripped them as it covered them. Then a voice from the cloud said, This is my son, my chosen one. Listen to him. When the voice died away, Jesus was there alone. They didn't tell anyone what they had seen until long after this happened. 
Well, we all know this as the Mount of Transfiguration. Um, and beautiful story. Peter's ADD came out again, you know, and his excitement and all that. But I want to kind of take this scripture and kind of hit some truths that I think the Lord laid on my heart. And, and from our text, the first thing that I want to say is, and you see it on your outline, we need to make time to step aside with God. We need to make time to step aside with God. If you don't put it on your calendar, if you don't schedule it, it won't happen. Did you know that? And I'm going to talk to you about some of the tricks Satan does. We need to make time to step aside with God. Jesus took Peter, James, and John with him to the mountain to pray. He many times took the disciples. I read all those scriptures that wasn't on your outline about that. And I believe God today, this morning, in this place, and over at North Crossings, and wherever God's people meet, wants us to go to church, not just to attend, but to step aside and really spend some time with Him. There are things that happen on the mountain in a solitary, quiet place with God that can't happen really any other place. Let me say this, God can do anything. But typically, when we get alone with Him, when we get silent with Him, when it's just us and God, He can really speak to us. Sometimes He has to get our attention. And I'm not saying this is true, but I think sometimes when things happen in our life that wake us up and knock us to our knees, I'm not so sure that sometimes that isn't because we're not really spending time with God all the time and He almost has to do that. Have any of you ever had a child that let's just say you have to get their attention? Are you looking at yourself in a mirror? Sometimes I think God has to get my attention. I think He has to get your attention. And yet, I think if we steal away and went to the mountain and pray, or we spent time with Him, I'm not so sure He'd have to do that. And y'all all know, you've all had, if you've had five kids, you're going to have one that's the one that just, you know, it's almost like one of those dogs, that, a seeing eye dog that looks at the, the owner. I love watching those dogs. They're not average dogs that are doing their own thing. They're going along and every now and then they're looking back. You know, I just love that. That's a neat little, you know, you might have a kid that's like that, that's always looking that way. I think John was probably that way of the disciples, you know, just looking at Jesus and, and all that. But most of us are more the Peter type. And that's kind of what I want to talk about. And here's what happens. We live so busy, busy lives. And I'm going to go ahead and tell you, I'm guilty of this. I'm involved in this. This is no doubt a sermon that's probably uh, needs to be preached to me 20 times. Here's what I'm telling you. I think Satan uses busyness and all the responsibilities and busyness to keep us from having the relationship with God that he really wants for us. I got a quote on your outline. I don't like it. I don't like it at all. Because it makes, it's, it's bad. It, it, it hurts me. And it says there's not much difference between the disobedient life and the distracted life. I don't like that. I don't know who came up with it. I looked, tried to look it up and I'm glad I didn't find him. Gallup does polls all the time. 
And Barna does polls all the time. And you can look at them for years. And this is one thing that's always there. Did you know in every country almost, but particularly in the West, there's statistically no difference in the behavior from those who say they're Christian, those who go to church, and those who don't, statistically. You know, it makes me want to quote the old preacher, you know, that says, folks, it should not be, right? <laughs> it shouldn't be that way. How can that be? You know, I think for many people, let's talk about the church group. You know, I'm not, people saying they're Christian, I'm Christian, that doesn't mean anything. I mean, we know that today. But if you're going to church, and I think what happens is, if church becomes just a duty or on the calendar, and, and believe me, forsake not the assembling yourselves together, we need to do it. But if it just becomes a routine, and I got kitten kids ready, I got responsibility. But when you get there, kind of like, actually Pat, where you were talking about close your eyes while that song was going on, and, and I saw Nancy doing that, and I did it. You know, in other words, be reminded, once we're here, if we really don't make it a, an encounter with God, that's what I'm trying to say. And whether it's me preaching, Carvin preaching, Wednesday night or whatever, you know, when you get into it and you think about your responsibilities, let them go and have an encounter with God, then I think it would change your behavior. You follow what I'm saying? It's not I'm a church goer. I'm going to church to worship God and have an encounter with God. Between Sundays, is there an encounter with God? Wow, I'm so busy, Pastor. I know, goodness, there was a time in my life I'd put my schedule against anybody in this room. Okay? I got it. I'm guilty. I mean, I, I got that. But there needs to be God somewhere. And sometimes I have to put him on my schedule by sitting in a deer stand. And I've sat in a deer stand and I never even put a bullet in my gun. Now, that's not living by faith, is it? <laughs> you know, but my point is, I don't know, I got there and I started thinking about things and it turned around to God and he started speaking to me and all that stuff and I didn't really care about the deer. And then there's been some times I've had some miracle moments where I've kind of got that straight and I go, okay, Lord, I guess I've got to get serious and hunt here if you want to send me a deer and here come one, you know. I was like, whoo, that was pretty cool. It's, there's some neat things that happen. That's one reason I do love deer hunting over duck hunting. Duck hunting is a very social event. Deer hunting is just you and God. Or if you're in a tree stand in Kansas, you, God, and the wind, and you're holding on. <laughs> you know. Does God talk to you about things that need to be talked about? If in your life and my life, I never kind of hear God talk to me about things that need to be talked about. Like maybe I'm getting depressed and down and I hear him say, no, you're mine, I love you. Or, or honestly, if I never hear God kind of get on to me, then something ain't right. I'm going to go ahead and say that this morning and I'm glad we're not being taped. I, I really believe if you don't want anybody in this room, if we don't once in a while hear God go, now, you need to work on this. You, this isn't good. You need, to, you need some help with this. I think something's wrong. You're not having an encounter to God. Maybe you do need to get on a plane, fly to the mountains. <laughs> Maybe I need to do it. Here's what I want to tell you. When I step aside with God, I am changed. 
Jesus in the presence of God, remember the cloud came, who was that that says, this is my son, you know? Okay, listen to him. When the cloud came, did you know the countenance changes? When Moses came down from the mountain, they couldn't look upon his face. When you spent time with God, you change. And I'm not meaning you glow or whatever, but I'm just saying I've spent time with God. He's no respecter of persons. And I'm telling you, it will change you. It will change you. And you can't have one time with God. When I was 32, I saw God. Well, what about 33? No, didn't see him. What about 34? No, didn't see him. What about 42? No, when I was 32, I saw God. You get what I'm saying? It's like people say, well, I came to an altar and God said, well, think about this marriage. So you get married. And I asked Dana to marry me, and I marry, and I tell her how much I love her in front of God and everybody on tape and VCR. <laughs> Can you believe that? Anyway, you know, tape it. Oh, I love you, I love you. And then, you know, here we are approaching, what, 48 years, and somewhere along there and said, why would you tell her again? No, I told her back in 1975. We had an encounter. It was an amazing wedding. It was the whole town show, huge. It was wonderful. It was great. And I told her then, I don't need to tell her again. Now, what kind of 48-year marriage do you think I'm going to have? Well, it ain't going to be one. I'll just tell you that. And I'll be honest, I don't want to have a marriage with somebody that don't tell me they love me once in a while. You know? And show me they love me. You know? With how it is. Well, the same it is with God. We need encounters with God. We need to visit the mountain. That's what I'm saying. Where we really spend time with God. And we step aside in life. And you can do it on a Sunday morning. And I believe you're doing it right now. You can do it in a quiet time. You can do it in a prayer closet. You can do it by a fountain somewhere, you know, or in a park in the city. You can obviously do it, you know, when you're in the wilderness or whatever. You can do it at a men's gathering, a women's gathering. I believe the youth are going to do it this morning at the youth convention or retreat. But I do think we need to have an intentional time where we step aside with God. And when you step aside with God on your outline, I have what, what it allows you to do. And by the way, there's scriptures that support it. Draw close to God, and God will draw close to you. God's there wanting a relationship with you. I remember at Gulf Coast Bible College in the chapel, they had a really beautiful stained glass window. And it was a door there, and Jesus is knocking. And guess what? There's no doorknob. Guess where the doorknob is? On the inside. I stand at the door and knock. God's knocking for Ray Owens and for you, but I got to open the door. And sometimes I'm so stupid, I go, just a minute, I got to finish this movie. Just a minute, I've got to finish cooking. Just a minute, I got, you know what? Sometimes just turn the stove off, turn the TV off if you feel God, and open the door. That might be the smartest thing we've ever done. Draw close to God, he'll draw close to you. Vast crowds came to hear him preach and to be healed of their diseases. But Jesus often withdrew to the wilderness to pray. I'm going to say this a couple times. If Jesus withdrew to pray and spend time with God, you and I might ought to live there. 
Experience His presence. Step aside with God allows you to experience His presence. Now, have you ever been in church or a youth convention or a revival or a concert or something and you've experienced God's presence? Stepping aside allows you to experience His presence. Sure. You're less likely to have that happen watching TV. <laughs> you know? And sometimes you put yourself in an environment. You're less likely to have that done if you go to an environment that's not very godly. Y'all all know guys and gals. If you're around them, it's all about this or that. You're less likely. God can do anything, but you're less likely. But I've, I've experienced him. I've felt it. It's been a, a actual, like chills, you know, you've been there. Sin his presence. The second thing is you receive his power. I shared that earlier, but that's why Jesus went. He got powered up. Jesus got his batteries charged by spending time in prayer with God. And he could do it all night long. I think the longest I've ever prayed is maybe five or six hours. And I couldn't believe that. Because I'm, you know, <laughs> go, go, go. Man, Jesus could do it all night long. Wow. I've discovered it's my, if I have a lot of responsibilities and you're so busy, you're going to run dry if you don't recharge the batteries. And what good am I to people? When people tell me, Pastor, I appreciate you so much. How can I pray for you? I say, always pray for God's wisdom. I need it to help other people and pray that he gives me the sense to stay close to him. That, that's, you know, that's what I need. And, and, and the reason is you can give, 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 but you got to go back and get charged up. Thirdly, understand his plan. Now, I want you say, understand his plan. When you spend time with God, you're going to begin to understand his plan. Look at this story. God sent Moses and Elijah to spend time with Jesus. By the way, Jesus had just announced, asked Peter just a few verses before, had just asked him, who do you say that I am? And he said Christ, and he, and he told him he was going to die. Remember, Peter got all upset about that because he knows more than God. And, you know, just like us and all that. And we all know that just happened. But he's starting to tell them, and he says, don't tell anybody. God sent, and he spent time away up on the mountain with God, and God sent these great saints to spend time. And what were they talking about? Look, it's going to be tough you dying. <laughs> it's going to be tough to be all powerful like nothing ever and you submit yourself to a bunch of idiots. You know, literally. It'd be hard for me. You know, it'd be hard for anybody. But you're God and you're going to submit. And I just want you to know you've got to do it. But this is the plan. You see what I'm saying? So in other words, understanding the plan. So Peter, James, and John had paid attention and they'd really stayed awake. Guess what? Do you think they'd been so upset about him and shocked about him being arrested, about him being crucified? Every time they had an opportunity to hear from these two great people talking and God speaking, they fell asleep and they missed out on understanding. It's like they kept hearing it, but they wouldn't believe it. You know, somebody says, Pastor Ray, what's God's plan for my life? I'll tell you, I don't know the details. I can tell you scriptures. I can tell you 
principles. I can give you all this. But you know, sometimes I need to just be honest and tell you, I, I'll be happy to tell you what scripture says, but I don't know, have you spent time with God so he can tell you his plan for your life? And you know what I think the answer is if they're honest most of the time? No, I just want you to tell me. I got it. It's called microwave Christianity. You just want to go up to the preacher, put 20 seconds on there and hit the button and it goes ding. Here's the answer. Ding. You know what I mean? That's, that's how we want it. I got that. But don't be discouraged. I believe God, this is the craziest thing, guys. God wants to spend time with you. Forget all this other stuff I've said. That's insane. The God of the universe wants to spend time with you, Brooke. With you. He still wants to spend time with Carolyn. He still thinks there's something good going on with Carolyn. He wants to spend time with her. God wants to spend time with you. And he says every now and then, I'll be with you through the busy. I'll be with you when you're driving crazy. Because some of you have angels that can fly fast. That's good. Okay? Some of your angels can do the speed limit. My point is, God wants to spend time with you. Sometimes we've got to get away and get to the mountain. That's unbelievable to me that God wants to spend time with us. I got to get going here. Let me go quick. All right. Point two, visiting the mountain. Once alone with God, stay alert. Here's another thing. When did these disciples, what did they do when, when they got up there on the mountain, they fell asleep? A friend of mine years ago, and my daughter just loved this basketball player named Michael Jordan. You might have heard of him. Anyway, just crazy. And this guy was an insane pastor friend of mine. He loved basketball and he got a chance to go and he got seats right there just up. He's being a pastor. I, I wrote this down. He said he could touch the hem of his shorts. <laughs> now if that don't make you laugh, you're dead. I just want to tell you we'll do last rites. I don't know what they are, but we'll do them. <laughs> well anyway, great game. Michael hits with .2 seconds left in the game. A big three-point shot and wins the game. You know, he said he's jumping up, high-fiving everybody around him, and he don't even know who they are. Now, can you imagine him going to that game, and by the way, some people sacrificed to get him there, and you fall asleep? No way. Well... When you come to church, even a church that you don't necessarily like, where two or three gather together, guess who's there? Uh-oh. So let's say I go to a church. I've been to some churches. I'm Speaking of Colorado, I remember one time going to church in Colorado because I'm going to church. And we were, we were camping. We went to church, and that sermon was bad. I almost wanted to go, hold it, preacher, sit down, let me do this. I mean, it was bad. It was bad. And the songs was, come, 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 come to the church in the wildwood. 
Come to the church in the vale. That was the, that was the happening worship. We were, the youth, the younger guys were just rolling how bad it was. But here's what I'm saying. Where two or three come together and gather, did you know who's there? So, forget Michael Jordan. Forget Taylor Swift. Forget whoever it is. God's there. So sometimes we come to church, we need to realize, even if it's not good, we need to come to worship God. And still along, and even in the craziness, say, God, what have you got for me? And I have to fight this as a pastor, and particularly a leader, because I'm going, I'm learning at this church what not to do. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? And i got to go, well, okay, get rid of that. What do you got to say to me, God? See what I'm saying? It's hard for preachers, too. Can you imagine going to sleep? It may be a greater sin to sleep through the miraculous than to not believe at all. They really messed up there. Jeremiah 29, 13 says, If you look for me, how? Does anybody know how you look for me? If you just look for me when you think about it, I'll be there. That'll be a good song. No, when you look for me in earnest, you will find me when you seek me. In other words, the other versions say with all your heart, right? So you've got to seek God with all your heart. Stay alert. Thirdly, when God is near, talk little, listen much. Talk little, listen much. Look at, look at Peter. <laughs> I think if I remember right, the scripture says, not even knowing what he was saying. Does anybody know anybody that talks and they don't even know what they're saying? Don't punch anybody. He's just babbling. He just goes off and, you know, and actually at that moment, I don't, I'm glad we're not on tape. Peter, do us a favor. I just don't know why James didn't turn to him and go, shut up. <laughs> just shut up. Just be quiet. Let's listen to them, man. God's here and all this is going on. Quit. Oh, let's, let's get excited. We'll build an altar. We'll build a shrine. We'll call in a committee over here and we'll do this over here and we're going to do this. Just be quiet and experience God. How many of you think that maybe God wants to talk to you, but you're talking to him too much? Not saying anybody in this room talks too much. But if you talk all the time, you can't hear God. Sometimes when you pray, how many of you know if you come to an altar and pray, it's okay to cast all your cares on him, lay it all out. But at some point, prayer's a two-way street. You need to listen. You have one mouth and two ears. And I heard somebody say, listen twice as much as you talk. And I think sometimes in prayer, we need to listen. And Peter just gets so excited. And I love him because he's real. But I just want you to learn from his mistakes and how God changed him and the Holy Spirit changed him in his life. There was a, a cool story I saw about this guy. I had a little dog and he just loved him. But he was one of those little dogs that just irritate everybody, barks and tries to bite at your you know, oh, very frustrating. And he let him go one day and he came back painted fluorescent green. <laughs> there is a God. Anyway, making a story short, 
he grabbed that dog up because he's his baby and nobody corrects his baby. And he started going down there. Well, there's some construction workers there and they started laughing so he knew there was something up. Finally, they admitted, yeah, yeah, uh, Butch. It's no offense, Butch, it wasn't you. It's in my notes. Butch, yeah, Butch did it. Here, hey, Butch, come here. And Butch came over and Butch turned, come around the building there and he was six foot six and his arms were bigger than the man's thighs. And he said, yeah, I painted him, so what? Well, the man, the man had enough sense to say, oh, the first coat's dry. <laughs> Good choice. There's a, time to, there's a time to be quiet if, if you want to live, you know. You know, and you might say, Pastor, seriously, I've spent time with prayer with God and, 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 and I've tried and I've run out of things to say to him. Here's what I want to do. If you do, just default to this. Remember this. Praise him, thank him, and listen. Praise him, thank him, listen. Praise him, thank him, listen. And you just keep doing that for a while and you'd be surprised how time flies and then God will begin to speak to you. Is it an audible voice? Sometimes it's kind of like that, but more it's in your head. Sometimes it's not a voice, it's a feeling, and it's a presence, and it's a direction, and it's a clarity, and sometimes it's a hug. It's a love. Amen? Scripture says, I wait quietly before God for my salvation comes for him. He alone is my rock and my salvation, my fortress, where I'll never be shaken. We all know David had it really in with him, man after God's own heart. And then David tells us, be silent and know that I am God. Be silent and know that I am God. And finally, four, remember, God gives us private moments with him. If we've got this down pat, we're going to have private moments with him. So we can give public ministry for him. Now your public ministry might be one of the highest callings there is to be a godly mother or father. But if you're spending time with God, don't think your kids don't know if you spend time with God. Don't think they don't know that church is important or not important. That a personal relationship with God is important or not important. That's so critical. So critical. In other words, Peter saying, this is a cool place, let's build shrines and let's hang out here. Let's stay here. And, and God's going, no, no, no. And I thought about that. What if you got, if there, what if God did a miracle? Because it would take something along the Red Sea for this to happen that the saints get to go to the Super Bowl this year. It'd be right up there with the Red Sea this year. Okay? Drew Brees is gone. <laughs> Sean Payton's gone, and it's, it's bad, okay? And, but let's say they go to the Super Bowl, and it's a miraculous year, and let's say I pick on uh, the Stevensons here. I give them two tickets to the Super Bowl, and they're so excited, and take the two boys. Well, let's do it right if we're doing it. All four. They're, they're, man, they're at Super Bowl. The Saints made it. It's the miraculous year. They're peaking at the right time. And let's say Jameis Winston, the quarterback, goes out there. They, you get the ball. They catch it. They huddle. They huddle. They go up. 
and they wait a minute and then they go back and they huddle they get a delay of game. And they just keep staying in the huddle and keep getting a delay of game. Then they punt the ball. The other team does the same thing. And then a little bit later, let's say it's Tom Brady. You know, it's uh, Tampa Bay. All right? So they go, finally one of the big linemen, they go, well, what's going on? What's going on? Well, nobody has a huddle like Tom Brady. You ought to be in there when he tells you all the numbers and says, and remember, you know, slight right and blah, 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 blah. We just want to hear old Tom Brady talk. So we're going to go back to the huddle. Now, how happy would the Stevensons be with the Super Bowl that is delay a game, delay a game, delay a game, punt, delay a game, delay a game, delay a game, punt. You see what I'm saying? Well, that's how we are if we go to the huddle, spend time with Tom Brady or Drew Brees or whoever it is, but we got to get out of the huddle and play the game. But if we spend time with God and we're fired up and we got direction and we know his plan, we kind of can't wait to get out there and play the game. And yes, we might be hurt. If you're doing ministry, you're going to be hurt. Goodness gracious, you're going to be hurt. If you're a mother, you're going to be hurt. Can I hear a... If you're a father, you're going to be hurt. If you're married, you're going to be hurt. If you know people, <laughs> you're going to be hurt. It happens. But you got to get in the game. God doesn't call us to stay on the mountain. That's why I titled this sermon, by the way, Visiting the Mountain. I think in the church of God, we sometimes have had Pentecostal phobia. We've had emotional phobia at times, not in our early years. Woo, I've read the stuff. I've talked to my gr grandpa, you know, but we kind of got that and we just want the truth and the truth will set you free. And I got, the, here's what I'm saying. No, we're wrong. Having a relationship with God, you will feel it. God is the salvation of our mind, our spirit, our body, our emotions, it's everything. And I'm telling you, you need to feel God and you need to experience it. And the young people I'm sure with Blake this morning are experiencing it, okay? But here's what I'm saying, you can't live there. If you live in emotions, you're gonna die in emotions. If you live in cognitive theological perfection, you will die in it. Does that make sense? You gotta be balanced. And when you spend time with God and he gives you direction, you got to leave the mountain and go. But then after Jesus healed, remember the scripture, he'd heal a bunch of people and all that, I think, power went out of him. Where'd he do? He went back and recharged his battery, plugged it in, and he had it. I've actually had the privilege where God gave me a moment of wisdom. It was God. To a pastor, a couple pastors, and they're kind of depressed and down. And man, I understand. Been there, I understand. And I just said, look, let's start. I want you to just forget the people, spend time with God, get back in there, and all that. They got recharged, and they wasn't depressed anymore, and it wasn't personal anymore. Because guess what? They're not rejecting me. They're rejecting the message. You see what I'm saying? I mean, you know what I mean. Just, it changes everything. If they rejected Jesus, nobody rejects God and Jesus because of Jesus being Jesus. They're rejecting the message because of the evilness and the desires. We all know that scripture. Look at David putting it another way there in Psalms 40.10. I have not kept this good news hidden in my heart, 
I've talked about your faithfulness and saving power. I have told everyone in the great assembly of your unfailing love and faithfulness. In other words, get out there and tell somebody. So mountain experiences are for inspiring. They're not for retiring. And here's the cool thing. You can be like me, ready to retire and trying to retire and all that. But God's maybe not through yet. But you can still be retired and inspire. Did you know that? Following this story, by the way, if you read on in the Bible in Luke chapter 9, Jesus' disciples go down from the mountain and they run into the epileptic son with all the demons. In other words, Jesus healed him. If they'd stayed up on the mountain, what about this poor boy? He'd never been healed. What if Jesus had stayed on the mountain? You and I wouldn't be here. If there wouldn't be a death, a resurrection, you follow what I'm saying? You spend time on the mountain, you get powered up, and you need it. And I think most of us in the room don't do enough of that. But we come off of that and we put it to practice and we use that power and energy. So brothers and sisters, I want to challenge you this morning in the name of Jesus. And we're not going to do a song. Bow your heads with me. I want to challenge you to pull away from this world. Put it on your calendar. Say, what day a week can I, what time of day can I have just a little bit of time? If you're a morning person, it's probably morning. If you're a night person, it's probably night. And pick a time when you're sharp. When can you pull away from this world and draw close to God? Spend, start just spending five minutes with Him. And when you are, remember, praise Him, worship Him, thank Him, and then be silent, but remain alert and listen. And I believe under God's Word and under His authority, I can give you this promise, you will be blessed and empowered. Amen? And then when you leave that mountain, and today when you leave this sanctuary, and after you go to circles or whatever you have going on, you go out into a world that needs you charged up and full of Jesus. Amen? Lord, help me set aside time to draw close to you. So in turn, I can share your word and fulfill my purpose. Father, I pray for every person. These are the most amazing people. But you know that. I'm not telling you anything. You know how amazing these folks are. Every one of them. God, just in my little whatever wisdom, I see how awesome they are. I see the strengths. I see even more potential. And God, you love them dearly and, and you want them to get close to you and you desire to spend time with them. So God, may we be challenged to spend time with you. And God, we'll reach our potential. We'll be what you want us to be when we get charged up by you, spend time with you, pray, spend time with you. And God, listen to you. So God, I pray that you would just empower us and have us recommit to spend some time with you alone. Father, if we're married, let's encourage our spouse to spend time with you. If we have kids, let's encourage them to have a time where they spend time with you. God, I pray that we learn from this message and it changes our life.
There's epileptics that need to be healed. There's people that need you, Jesus, and you have chosen us. Oh God, give clarity, give wisdom, give grace. I close this prayer by rebuking Satan and any negativity he throws down. May it be gone. May we only experience your words, your wisdom, and feel you, Lord, in your power. I rebuke Satan's busyness and things that just come up that might be good things. And God, may we prioritize you and what you want in our life. And all God's people said, Amen. You may be dismissed. I love you all. God bless you.